When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I gotta tell you, big news, big news, ladies and gentlemen. No, I didn't shave today. Uh, We will be on tomorrow, starting tomorrow, five days a week we rock and roll. That's right. That's right. Ryan and Dylan are going to have to work with me five days a week. They already work about seven shows, but hey, what are you going to do? So yeah, all this for five days a week. Also, ladies and gentlemen, I want to make an announcement for about the hundredth time on this show. There will be no swearing. If there is swearing, then I have to double the money given to Meg Turner and beautiful shout out to Meg. I got to tell you, she promoted the living heck out of her. See what I said there? Heck out of her appearance yesterday. And I mean, the numbers just exploded. I mean, look, when Meg is on the show, you guys like it. When Meg is on the show, she promotes it, and I like it. Thank you, Meg. Great work, Dylan. Great work, Ryan, getting Meg on the show. I know her dance cart is full. She's got a lot of stuff going on, but she makes time for us. I told you this two days ago, three days, whatever. Francis Tiafu. Tiafu. I don't even care how you say his name. He's freaking awesome. He's an American. He's an American. He beat Rublev in a match that was sensational. Athletic, both him and Rublev all over the court. Nobody can break serve. Backhanded shot. I mean, the whole thing is incredible. It really is. It's inspiring to watch. And then in the interviews after this guy here, Tiafu, he's just, he's, he's mind-blowingly smart, great, fun to listen to, enthusiastic, appreciative. He is different than all of the entitled little tennis pains in the you-know-what. See what I did there, Megan? The pains in the you-know-whats that we normally get in tennis. Tennis is pretty much a rich dude sport, rich gal sport, but I tell you what, this guy right here, his story, fantastic. Father helped build a tennis facility uh, in the D.C. area. He actually... His father was a maintenance man, and for a little bit they were homeless. But next thing you know, they put a racket in Francis's hand, and he loved it, and everybody at the tennis center loved his dad, so they put him in all the junior stuff for free, and now look at him. He's in the semis, and I could not be happier because, as I have said, this right here wants appointment TV. This right here wants to go, hey, look, whatever I got to get done, I got to get done by the time Tiafu is playing. And as you get older, uh, let's be honest, it becomes less and less. Very few college basketball games. Look, if I'm doing a college basketball game on television, I understand it's appointment TV for everyone. I do. You know, and you guys missed that last year, and I'm sorry about that. But the truth of the matter is, there is very few appointment TV. However, speaking of appointment TV, what do we got tonight? Ladies and gentlemen, I'll tell you what we got tonight. We got the Bills and the Rams. We got the Bills and the Rams tonight, and I did not know that we were going to go on Fridays, or else I may have saved this for Friday. But my friend and friend of the show, Chris Felica, a.k.a. Bear, from ESPN and NNN, 
He said on Twitter, anybody on the Rams tonight? What has two thumbs and is on the Rams tonight? This guy. I got him at three. I also have him at two and a half. Not happy about the two and a half. But hey, look, I don't think the NFL is like the NBA. I think the NBA players are the softest players in professional sports. I think they are uh, front run. You know, they just are. NFL players, are you crazy? Those dudes will kill you. They could die out there. They're tough dudes. Why do I make the comparison? I'll tell you. Because on opening day, on ring night, in the NBA, the team getting the ring seems to lose every single year. They get their rings. They're looking at their rings. They're all a bunch of children. They're, oh, my God, diamond's shiny. You know what I mean? Uh, And they lose. I don't see it that way in the NFL, man. The NFL has tough, smart dudes. That's how I look at it. Now, a little bit crazy. See Aaron Darnold swinging a helmet, trying to hit people, clock people over the head. But I digress. So tonight, we've got the Rams. I'm taking the Rams. Now, here is the interesting thing that doesn't really matter. Let me say that again. It's interesting, but it doesn't really matter. We have heard about Matthew Stafford's elbow. We have heard constantly about Matthew Stafford's elbow. 741 passing attempts last year. The dude is 34 years old. 41 passes per game in the postseason, but we've heard about Matthew Stafford's elbow. Matthew Stafford's elbow is not going to factor in tonight unless somebody tackles him and he falls down on it and he snaps it. Unless there's another injury, and it is not going to matter tonight. Look, I get that the media, we all in the media, I'm not a media person, I'm an entertainer, and I think you all would agree with that. But I do think this, I do think we make a big deal out of nothing. You know the old much ado about nothing? Well, I think that's Matthew Stafford's elbow. So let's get that out of the way. No impact whatsoever. Um What does impact, and this is a bet I'm going to give you later, and I'll give it to you right now. I'm taking Cam Akers over 12 and a half carries. I think what impacts tonight is the ability of Akers and Daryl Henderson to run the football. And if I'm going to win my bet, when I'm going to win my bet, Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson will run the football and run it well. Other keys in this game. Well, Let's talk about Josh Allen for just a minute. Josh Allen got called, quote, trash by Jalen Ramsey. Now, you got to understand Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey's kind of a moron. I used to sit behind, six rows behind the visitor's bench when Jalen Ramsey was playing uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I would watch. And the two guys I really grew to dislike, one, Jalen Ramsey. He always sat by himself, and whenever he said something, it was stupid. It was stupid. It was childish. The other guy I really disliked was Nick Foles. I watched Nick Foles a lot. Nick Foles never talked to teammates. He was kind of a goof. See what I did there? Goof. That's right. We're not swearing on this show. I hope I didn't already. I don't think I did. Anyway, I'm keeping track trying. Anyway, so Jalen Ramsey calls Josh Allen trash. Last time they played, guess what Josh Allen did? I'll give it to you. It's right here. It's it's right here in my notes. Look. Jalen Ramsey playing against Josh Allen. Josh Allen's threw for 311 yards, four touchdowns, and they whooped Jalen Ramsey's team. What do you want me to tell you? What do you want me to tell you? So if I were Jalen Ramsey, I would play my brains out this day, tonight. 
I would. And if I were Josh Allen, one of the keys of the game is you can't be afraid to go at Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey got beat pretty good. He got beat pretty good in the Super Bowl. He got beat pretty good in the postseason. All right, you got Stephon Diggs. Go at Jalen Ramsey. You know, the one thing that I always look at when you got a guy like Stephon Diggs playing, right, one of the things that I always look at is this. It's the Bill Belichick method of coaching. The Bill Belichick method of taking away a wide receiver is not conventional. It's smarter than conventional. Conventional is you put your best corner on the best wide receiver. That's conventional. That's not what we're doing here. Or maybe it is. I don't know. But I will tell you this. What is unconventional is you take your second best corner, you put him on digs, and you double team him with a safety over the top. That's what Belichick always did against Dungy and Pagano to beat the Colts at Peyton Manning. I guess not Pagano with Peyton Manning. All right. And then you take your number one corner and you put him on the number two receiver and you eliminate that guy because your number one corner is better than the number two receiver. Are you following me here? So in theory, Stephon Diggs against Jalen Ramsey is an awesome, awesome, awesome matchup. I get it. But, but, if Sean McVay is smart, and I think he's a savant, you'll see a little bit of that. Well, it'll be interesting because Chris Collinsworth and Mike Tirico, I was texting with Mike earlier, they'll see that. A lot of announcers won't. In fact, 95% of announcers won't see that. Collinsworth and Tirico will see that. couple other questions. You got two new guards. IU, Roger Saffold, baby, and Ryan Bates. Two new guards on the offensive front for the Bills. They got to go against Aaron Donald. On the other side, remember Andrew Whitworth, the gray beard, the old man? He retired. Guess what? Joe Noteboom is replacing him. You know who he gets to go up against? Von Miller. Who wins those matchups? Is Von Miller more effective than Aaron Donald tonight? And by effective with Aaron Donald, I mean this. Uh, does Aaron Donald, does it take three guys? To block him? Does Von Miller still have anything left? They certainly paid him like he has a lot left. All right, let's talk to the guy that's about the guy that's on my fantasy team. Ladies and gentlemen, Cooper Cup. Now, we all talk about Cooper Cup, and we all think, man, he gets open. How does he get so open in the slot? Blah, 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 blah. Did you know this? Cooper Cup, 861 yards after catch. Yak. That's right. Cooper Cup will yak you to death. He's yakking all over you. You better tackle Milano. Great cookie, by the way. Also a linebacker for the Bills. You better tackle. You better not mess it up. Pay attention to it. Watch it. Cooper Cup catching the ball. Guy right here. Is Cooper Cup a little bit of shifty? It's like Double D on the dance floor. Back in the 80s at the Sock Hop Baby. I'm just telling you, man, Cooper Cup's a bad, bad man. What else did I write down here? Oh, yeah. Listen to these numbers by these quarterbacks. You ready? Stafford, 4,886 yards, 41 touchdowns, 17 interceptions. Josh Allen, 4,407 yards, 36 touchdowns, 
and five interceptions. All right, here's the deal here. I've said this, and I will not stop on this. I think Josh Allen is terrific, but I don't buy him being able to win a Super Bowl. I got no problem with him winning this game tonight. He's got bad eyes. What do I mean by bad eyes? Coaches, you know what I mean by bad eyes. Media guys, you got no idea what I mean by bad eyes. Those of you that have listened to my show over the years, you know what I'm talking about with bad eyes. You do. He's got soft eyes. He's got scared eyes. The worst eyes that I have seen, the most fraudulent eyes, Crispus Porzingis. Look me up. Google me and Crispus Porzingis. That's right. And you will see, I called that Crispus Porzingis, the second pick in the draft, the quote unicorn would never, ever lead the team that he was drafted by out of the lottery. And guess what? Crispus Porzingis didn't. He just didn't. I'm watching a golf match. It's Tom Brady, it's Patrick Mahomes, it's Aaron Rodgers, and it's Josh Allen. And those three guys, those three guys look like they belong. Josh Allen looked like their little brother. I got bit up last night. That's why I'm leaning over, scratching my leg. Sat outside, had a couple beers after my wife whooped me in pickleball. I'm one and two right now. She's killing me. I got to change venues, but I digress. So anyway, uh, Josh Allen got bad. He can win tonight. Won't matter tonight, but they're not winning the Super Bowl. So all you guys that are putting all your money on the Bills to win the Super Bowl, you're nuts. You are cray-cray. You're insane. What are you doing? You're just giving money away because you're believing guys that frankly don't know what they're talking about and don't understand eyes. The eyes never lie, baby. Oh, no. The eyes never lie. So all this, I got all this research. Yes, Dawson Knox just signed a big contract as a tight end for the Bills. Yes, Josh Allen is the front runner for MVP. Yes, 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 and yes. But I got Allen Robinson and I got Cooper Cup, and I'm going to have a run game tonight. I am. I'm going to have a run game tonight with Los Angeles. I'll take the Rams. I'll take the defending Super Bowl champions. I'll take the two, two and a half, three. I got them at three. I would like for that line to get up. The public money is all over the bills, which tells me I'm in the right spot. Here's the deal. Somewhere, somehow, you got to find out who the public is betting on. And I found out the public, I don't even know how I did. I was watching all kinds of shows. I haven't been able to sleep lately. You know, my meds haven't come in. And if I don't take my meds, then I can't sleep. There's a lot going on here. But anyway... Public money is all over the bills. You know what that tells me? We going to Sizzler. We going to Sizzler. Betting the Rams. Betting the Rams. And you can't have none. That's right. We're going to Sizzler, baby. Or in my case, we're going to Murphy's Craft House right down the street. We ride our bikes. Even though you can get a DUI on a bike, I don't know if you knew that. You can't. But I ride bikes. Lee and I ride bikes. It's a mile down the street. We ride our bikes. We actually bring them in the front door, put them over there because the owner's nice, and then we ride them home. Yeah. Hey, look, if you read about me getting a DUI and a bike, ain't nothing I can do about it. I can't help you. I'm not going to walk. I guess I could Uber, but I like a little exercise on a cool night. Don't at me, people. What else do we got here? That's about it. So I'm telling you right now, do yourself a favor and take the Rams if you can get three beautiful. Do yourself another favor. Take Cam Akers. Remember last year, uh, opening day, or maybe it was in preseason, Cam Akers 
was out supposedly out for the year. I think he did an Achilles. Well, he came back in the playoffs, and now he's healthy, and they're going to give him the ball. they got to give him the ball. Look, you can't go three and out uh, and let Josh Allen have the football a million times. I don't like what I'm seeing here on my screen. It looks like it's frozen. I hope it's not because I'm giving you good stuff here today. Everything all right, Dylan? Looks like the screen froze on. There we go. All right. All right. All right. Shall we continue? I think we shall. Don't mess with Lamar Jackson. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Lamar Jackson is my man. Look, I never met Lamar Jackson. I've never seen Lamar Jackson play in person, but I've told you this before. I'm watching the year after Lamar Jackson wins the Heisman, his senior year, and everybody's downplaying Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson this. Lamar Jackson can't do that. Lamar Jackson, yada, 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 yada. And I'm watching going, wait a second here. Hold the phone, people. Hold the phone. Lamar Jackson, are you kidding me? That's the best player in the country, and it ain't close. What are we doing? Stop it, Stosh. No, 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 no. So guess what we're going to do? We're going to bet on ourselves if we're Lamar Jackson. Can you imagine sitting in a room? I just want you to think about this. You're sitting in a room. You're your own agent. So you, you don't have to share. All right? You don't have to give me any money. Okay. And they offer you 200 and some million. Right? They offer you $230 million and you turn it down. Now, a lot of you are going to say, well, you know, he's worth more than that. He's betting on himself. Yeah, great. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about turning down to play football. He's not solving the nation's problems. He's not doing anything other than taking a ball and trying to get it 10 yards at a time down the field while entertaining us. And you turn down, let's just say for the sake of argument, $200 million. Think about that. That's how I look at the world that we live in. That's how I go about the business of thinking about professional athletes. Man, you're sitting there turning down $200 million. I remember when I signed a contract to be the head coach at West Virginia, and I read the contract. It said $500,000 a year for five years. And I said, look, you got to add two years to it with the incremental bonuses. And I couldn't stop laughing. Like, I'm teaching big guys in shorts to put a ball through a hoop, and you're going to pay me that much? Man, I got a dad who's a school teacher, a mom who's a school teacher, an uncle who worked in the mill every day, cousins that are uncles and security guards. That's real stuff. But Lamar Jackson said, out of heck with it. I don't care. 200 million, let's go. Good for Don't mess with him because he told you all Friday. He said Friday. Friday's tomorrow. You don't have a contract. You don't, well, you're not negotiating during the season. And I ain't mad at Lamar. You know me. That's my man. I have an irrational respect slash Love for that guy. Never met him. Love watching him play. Every time I see him play, he plays great. You know what? If these two crazy kids can't make it, who can? Do we really think Tom and Giselle are broken up? You know, guys always say this. 
Guys always say, well, you know, when you see a hot woman in a bar, there's someone tired of being with her. Yeah? I'd say the same thing about guys. I'd say the same thing about guys. If a woman could get tired of Tom Brady, I got to tell you, don't think for a second that whatever definition of your woman is, girlfriend, fiance, wife, whatever the definition is, don't think she can't get tired of you. Hey, I live my life in fear that this wife, the lovely Lee Ross Dockage, L-L-R-D we call him, lovely Lee, that's two L, Ross Dockage, the lovely Lee Ross Dockage, I live in fear that she's going to wise up and go, ah. So I go overboard. My life is simple for the last six, how many years I've been married now? Uh, 57 years. I don't mess around. I come home. Yeah. When I was divorced now, ooh. But anyway, don't think for a second, you guys out there, that, well, you know, man, you see a girl in a bar, someone's tired of being with her. Yeah? Giselle moved out on Tom Brady? Are you kidding me? Those two kooky kids, if they can't make it, what chance do we have? What chance do normal people like us have? Do we buy it? Do we care? I don't know, and I don't care. But I will tell you this. Now, Tom Brady has entered the world of Joe Biden, George W. Bush, and Barack Obama. Every time I hear them speak, I turn it off. I can't listen. I want to vomit. Obama tried to make every oration where he literally said, and during his presidency, did nothing. But he wanted everything on the side of a wall and a statue. And by doing so, people seem to love a guy who literally, even according to the liberal show 30 Rock, did nothing. Zero in eight years. Biden speaks for himself. You know, we, what are you going to do? I buzz, I buzz, I buzz, I buzz, I buzz. Uh, George W. Bush was just sounded stupid to me. I mean, every time he spoke, it was like a scripted script that where you're supposed to give inflections. And now it's Tom Brady. I heard him this morning and I had enough. He was talking about Dak Prescott, and frankly, I didn't want to hear it anymore. So if those kooky kids don't make it, come on, you two, get back together. Giselle Tom. <laughs> God bless you. Ah, man, here's two guys you got to play. Now, James Robinson I like because he went to Illinois State. My son coaches at Illinois State. I dislike because he was kind of a punk to Urban Meyer. He got hurt, then he got mouthy. Nobody from Illinois State that plays football should ever get mouthy about anything. Shut up and play. All right? But he's a good running back, and he's going to be and get the bulk of the carries for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And frankly, frankly, he's going to be a great fantasy pick this weekend. He's going to be. He's going to be a great fantasy pick. So the idea of not playing James Robinson, if you have him on your fantasy team, is a bad one. 
I'm about ready to make a bad move. I have Alec Pierce on my fantasy team, the young wide receiver who is starting for the Colts, and I'm not playing him week one, and that's stupid. You should play. I don't know your wide. I got Cooper Cup, so he's playing. I don't even know who my other guy is. I got to look it up. But anyway, that kid right there, Alec Pierce, according to 35-year NFL defensive coordinator Rick Venturi, can take the top off a of defense, can make great catches, high point the ball, all the stuff that guys that are really smart in football talk about wide receivers, and he can get separation. Here's the problem with Alec Pierce, though. Alec Pierce wasn't very, oh, I don't know, trusted in 11-on-11 play by Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan basically threw the ball to one guy and and one group, the group being tight ends, the guy being Michael Pittman. But I'm telling you, that kid Pierce is going to have a big play in the game. He's going to score a touchdown. And the other kid, James Robinson, is going to be a terrific, he's going to have a terrific day. So while I am not the biggest, hey, look, join my fantasy thoughts, I am telling you, these two guys are guys that you should play. I'm going to make the mistake as I sit here right now of not playing Pierce, and that's stupid. But again, I think, I think you're used to stupid out of me. Speaking of stupid, I cannot believe that this is actually a thing. I cannot believe that uh, I may, in fact, get criticized for this. 22% of Democrats, 2.2 out of 10, actually think men can get pregnant. Uh, I, I, I don't know what to tell you other than it's my experience being a man that men can get monkeypox. How about we stop having uh, orgies, gay orgies? How about we just stop that right now? How about we have some common sense? But I digress. Your life is your life. But I got to tell you, has anyone come out of a gay orgy pregnant? I mean, they're just slinging it around to the point where you got monkeypox. So has anyone come out of it knocked up? Anybody? Bueller? Bueller? Anybody that you know come out of this pregnant? Like we got, hey, look, we can all hide from it. We can all say monkey. But all you got to do is read a little science. And monkeypox comes from 10 or more sex partners recently, and most of them in gay orgies, male gay orgies. Anybody getting knocked up? I'll hang up and listen. Yet 22%, I used to say this, the first, the first pregnant man is going to make a lot of money. Right? Because you couldn't be, right? But now, actually, 22%. So if you lined up 100 people and you said, all right, those of you that believe, you idiot Democrats, that a man can get pregnant, step forward, and 22 idiots would. Well, you don't understand. Good, I don't understand. I understand this. You're a man. I'm a man. I ain't getting pregnant. Now, if we go nuts and act stupid, irresponsibly, monkeypox is a real deal. And that don't look like a lot of fun to me, so you can get that. Back in the day, I'll never forget Professor Greer's class. He was talking about AIDS in 19, I believe it was 85, 84 maybe, probably 84. 
And frankly, I thought AIDS was a reducing plan, A-Y-D-S, AIDS reducing plan. Those of you that are as old as me, you remember, we used to see it on TV all the time. And I raised my hand, and very stupidly, I go, hey, Professor Greer, you're telling me that it was Haitians and gay guys got AIDS. I, I, I Professor Greer, so you're telling this class that Haitians and gay men can die from taking this age-reducing plant? And the whole class laughed at me, and I was an idiot. I go, look, I got to tell you, I, I don't know. I've been in the gym. I'm shooting hoops. I'm chasing girls. I'm drinking beers. I'm having a day. I'm not studying what's going on in the world in 1984. I just stopped Michael Jordan. I ain't care about nothing. Come to find out, it was AIDS. Oh, not AYDS. And as you can imagine... Uh, you don't see the age-reducing plan ever on TV, and I'm sure the company went kaput after a nice run. So, yes, that can happen with guys. Yes, monkeypox can happen with guys. But I got to tell you, you see that big, fat, hairy belly? Unless there's Ava JJ under there, there ain't nobody getting pregnant other than them. And if you don't believe it, hell, call the indie star. They'll write a story ripping me. All right, when we come back, my man, Hammer Time. It's Hammer Time. He's going to join us, and we got a lot to talk about. He'll give us a great bet. Stay right here. You want a great bet? Hammer Time is not just America's most common sense political insider. He also hosts a gambling show. Two of them, in fact. One on the radio, which you can hear tonight on 107.5 The Fan, and one on Saturday, Saturday mornings that you can watch here in Indy. So the man is the perfect guest for this show. That's why you know him and you love him. All right. Uh, guy says 40% of Republicans believe chocolate milk comes from brown cows. See, I, I get it. We're all supposed to laugh at that, but that's just a dumb guy. Hi, right, we'll be right back. It's hammer time. Get your parachute pants out. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. Yesterday, the lovely and oh, so talented Meg Turner came on the show. And because she promoted her appearance on our show, two things happened. One, she challenged me not to swear. And so I am not only telling me not to swear, but I'm asking my guests. And two, because she promoted it, Honest to God, she's like a media star now. I mean, 20,000 views, that kind of thing. So we're going to continue not swearing, and we're going to continue to promote our guests, and I hope <laughs> our guests promote us. This is a guest that I literally had to send a text to and say, hey, we're going no swearing, big boy. <laughs> and that ain't easy when you and I get together, pal. That ain't no, easy. No. So wait a minute. So if I understand this correctly... It's a bunch of dudes doing locker room talk forever. But Meg Turner comes on. She goes full Bill Cosby talking to Eddie Murphy like in Raw. Filth, flarn, flarn, filth. And now we got to sit up here and have church chat. Do I understand this correctly? Well, I, I, think, you've, I, I think you maneuvered it a little bit, uh, which is <laughs> fine. But, you know, uh, there is an element of we, we are, you know, apparently, even though I thought YouTube slash 
the internet was fine and advertisers didn't care. Apparently they do. And we want to make this show and your appearance on this show the biggest thing in the history of the world. So to do that, I guess we okay. can't swear, at least according to the uber talented Meg Turner. So, and I got to pay money and I got to pay a dollar for every swear word. What? <laughs> Listen, I'm in. I'm in. I will follow Meg anywhere. She leads. I will follow. Let's get it rolling. I'm in. All right, let's talk about the documents. The documents that were found, apparently, according to the Washington Post, were about nuclear weapons. If this is true, why'd they wait so long, man? You just can't walk out of the White House with nuclear weapon, weapon talk or documents. What's going on here? First of all, let's talk about that Washington Post headline. Because when the story broke, Washington Post posts the story on their website. It's shared all over social media. Nuclear information found at Mar-a-Lago. Now, if you're just a casual politico or maybe somebody that's interested but not really into the weeds, you will see that and go, oh, my God, this is really bad. They were right. I can't believe that Donald Trump is going to sell the United States out. He's got our nuclear codes. What's he going to do? Is he going to sell it to Russia? But then the story kind of changes throughout the day. And Washington Post has to change the headline to say, oh, by the way, it wasn't United States nuclear information. It was nuclear information from another country. Well, now that's a little bit different. I think a lot of people would say, OK, I, I understand having some of this kind of stuff but you're not selling out the United States. So there's a little bit of a difference there. And the fact that the Washington Post caught so much crap because of this, they had to change the verbiage and the way they position the story tells a lot. Also, if this really were the smoking gun that they say it is, but keep in mind, the only people that are saying that this is actually a thing is the Washington Post. This did not lead the news on CNN. This did not lead the news on MSNBC. It warranted mentions. But don't you think if this were really the smoking gun, the thing that was going to finally bring down the big bad orange man, the thing where they were going to start passing out indictments, indictments like Vegas dealers pass out cards, this is their you know Woodstock, right? There'd be wall-to-wall -wall coverage of this here. It'd be everybody going on. So uh, let's pump the brakes just a little bit here from what we have been able to read about this story. And again, who knows if it's real or not? The documents were locked up in a safe, inside of a safe at Mar-a-Lago and had nothing to do with the United States. So is that the smoking gun that you're looking for? Are we going by Greg Brady, Brady Bunch exact rules here? Well, it's a classified document. You're not supposed to have it. You better lock him up and put him inside of a jail. Is that what we're going with right here? Is this what we're going to do? Because it's a slippery slope, my friend. There's a lot of politicians that have documents they're probably not supposed to have. And uh, let's see where this goes. Now, I will say this. I do believe they're going to try to indict Donald Trump conveniently right before the midterms. This is going to be kind of your October surprise, if you want to call it that, for the midterms. They're going to try to indict Donald Trump and salvage what could be a very ugly midterm, at least what it looks like for the House. Telling you, I, I've said forever, conservatives should not get complacent because there's a lot of dirty dealings, done dirt cheap, baby, uh, that the Democrats are and will do. I guarantee 
Uh, hey, look, uh, Dr. Oz is like an icon. Uh, is he losing to this big, crazy dude, Fetterman? He is. And Dr. Oz is a mess. Look at Fetterman. And listen, the dude had a stroke recently. He can't speak real well. He goes up there on the, the campaign stumps and speeches, and he doesn't really have his thoughts together. Like, I kind of feel bad for the guy, but at the same time, you're running to be one of the most powerful politicians in the world. There are only going to be 100 senators. You're trying to become one of them. You're going to have to do some debating on the Senate floor. You're going to have to look at somebody from the opposite aisle and try to figure out the best way to get something done in this country. If you can't debate Dr. Oz, then what are we doing here? Fetterman is a guy that claims that he wants to release uh, one third of the prison population. Now, he's backing away from it now, but the Internet exists. We've all heard the clips. We've seen the clips. Uh, he's anti-fracking, which if you live in Pennsylvania, should be a big red flag. But he's beating Dr. Oz. And this tells you how bad Dr. Oz is. Dr. Oz was the Trump-backed candidate for the Senate position in Pennsylvania. And look, sometimes the old man swings and misses. And Dr. Oz is a swing and a miss. Had this been literally anybody else, a no-name Republican, they'd be dusting Fetterman right now. His health issues. He's a Bernie Sanders super fan. All the things that go along with it. But because Dr. Oz has got a long history of saying things that are not conservative, but all of a sudden he must have found Jesus and he's a, this big superstar of the Republican Party, nobody's fooled by it. He's ran a horrible campaign. The only thing that he's got going for him right now is that Fetterman is not, doesn't have the mental capacity to debate it. That's all that he's got right now. Because I'm telling you, if somebody had their wits with them and could debate Dr. Oz, they would beat him. This is one of the biggest races in the country. And look at the two turds that are running for this. There was an episode of South Park, and I'm a big South Park super fan, a number of years ago, that taught us the lesson Every election is between a giant douche and a turd sandwich. Every one of them. And this, this Pennsylvania race, that highlights that 100%. What about Herschel Walker? He's making a comeback. Like, if you buy into polling, right, if you go through and look at the polls, and I'm not just talking about one or two that are usually kind to your party. If you kind of look at the aggregate of all the polls here, Herschel's making a comeback. Now, Herschel is doing something pretty smart. He's shutting up. Uh, just let Raphael Warnock beat himself because he's a lunatic. But keep in mind, Warnock won his Senate seat in Georgia on that runoff because of a couple of things. Number one, Donald Trump was ticked off and decided he didn't want to help anybody in Georgia. And number two, Kelly Loeffler uh, should be in jail for insider trading. She was a horrible candidate. Horrible candidate, rich, snob, had no sort of relation to the people of Georgia. And, of course, she got beat. Raphael Warnock won that seat. But this dude is a radical lunatic. So if Herschel Walker can just lay low, not say anything over the top, don't stir the pot, basically take the playbook of Biden winning the White House, hang out in the basement for a little bit, pop up on election day, shake a few hands, throw a few footballs, and hope for the best, he's going to be all right. That's one of the states, Coach, that it's going to come down late at night, in which 
you know, a lot of people remember what happened in Georgia on the last big election night, those pallets full of ballots at 2 a.m. They're a little concerned about what may happen there. But Georgia, North Carolina is going to be a key state. Pennsylvania is looking like it's going to go Fetterman at this point. But there's some places that the Republicans have a shot. Don't sleep on Nevada. Nevada for the last couple of years has been straight blue. But there's a good chance that there could be a Republican senator from Nevada and Sheriff Lombardo, the guy who was in charge of the Las Vegas Police Department. He's running for the governor's seat, and he's got a lot of MGM money behind him. Because lo and behold, Sheriff Lombardo may or may not have kind of turned a blind eye to a lot of the things that MGM did when they dropped the ball during that Las Vegas massacre. So MGM is lining the pockets of Lombardo. Let's see what happens in Nevada. Speaking of Las Vegas, did you see this? Did you see the city councilman arrested for murder for killing the newspaper reporter, stabbing him outside his house? Did you see any of that? Yeah, this was crazy. We talked about this on the show because, again, tinfoil hat, whatever you want to say, my first instinct was, this is the last reporter that's still looking into the Las Vegas massacre. Maybe somebody had him off. But it turns out that um, this was just a bad beat between a councilman and the reporter who was writing what he thought was hit pieces on the guy. So this councilman, this elected official, shows up and kills the guy because he finds out he's getting ready to write another hit piece in the Las Vegas paper It's crazy out there, Coach. I'm a Vegas guy. I go out there a couple times a year. I talk to the locals. You find out what's going on politically. It's not that far removed from the old days where Bugsy Siegel and company were running the show at the Flamingo. Like, times have changed, but there's still a little bit of old-school goodfellas going on in Las Vegas, from your corrupt politicians to a sheriff that may or may not be turning a blind eye to what's going on with MGM and that massacre. The massacre thing, if we can just go back to that for one second, this still blows my mind. When a shooting happens now, like take Memphis last night, that horrible situation in Memphis. We knew everything in the world about that Memphis shooter within a couple of hours. We knew what his prison record was. We knew he got a sweetheart deal. We knew what he'd been arrested before. We knew his age. Now, think about what happened in Las Vegas. We're approaching the anniversary of it. It happened on, I believe, October 1st. There was a lunatic hanging out of one of the biggest resorts in the country, overlooking the most high-profile street in the country, and we know nothing. We have no motive. His girlfriend is off the grid. If you try to do a search on Mary Lou Danley, who was the girlfriend of the shooter in Las Vegas, you're not going to find a lot. And his brother who was doing every single interview under the sun for the first 24 hours, he's nowhere to be found either. He's had a gag order put on him. The whole thing stinks, Coach, and it feels like in a city where if you move one chip from a roulette table and the eye in the sky can catch you, we should have more information on how a dude was able to hang out of a window overlooking Las Vegas Boulevard and execute this. It's The whole thing stinks. Hammer, I got to ask you, California is a mess. I read something the other day where uh, they're not going to let cars that use gasoline drive, but they're also telling you 
You don't buy an electric car. They also are telling me, hey, look, crank up that thermostat to 78 degrees. (laughs) Like, hey, what are we doing in the great state of California? What's going on here? So imagine being told by Gavin Newsom and all of these very progressive, super leftists in California that if you want to save the planet, you got to get an electric car. You got to do this. This is who we are. We're California. We're going to lead the way here. And then the minute that it gets hot, having the governor come out and say, hey, you better not charge that thing. We got we got some heat issues going on. Just don't charge it right now. It's laughable, coach. It's laughable. And if there's a lesson for the uh, thermostat folks here, it's read the fine print. So what's happening with some places in California, and we've seen this in Denver, Colorado, too, because they had a really hot stretch. There are folks that signed up to have a a green thermostat, if you want to call it that, where you sign up and you get a discount on your bill every year. But Keep in mind, the government will have the opportunity to change the settings on your thermostat. So people who were just in a hurry to say, all right, sign me up for that. I want to save, you know, a hundred, couple hundred bucks a year on my energy costs. That's not bad. And the minute it gets hot, your house is at 80 degrees. You can't do anything about it. Sorry, you signed up for it. You're getting paid for it. The lesson here, and I know nobody likes to read. Nobody wants to read the fine print. But if the fine print is coming from the government, whether it's the national or the local government, you better read every single word in that document, because trust me, they are going to try to take you for a ride. I believe it was Ronald Reagan who said the scariest thing you can hear is, hi, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. (laughs) Yeah, there's no question. Can you imagine you're sitting in your house and all of a sudden you're like, hey, hey, what's going on here with the thermostat? It's going, <laughs> what? Stop, no. And Gavin Newsom's there. <laughs> what, are we, what are we doing in this country? What are we thinking? Uh, I think you and I are thinking alike here. Correct me if I'm wrong, but are you digging on the Rams a little bit tonight, plus two and a half? I'm digging on the Rams a little bit tonight, plus two and a half. Uh, It just seems like everybody is really quick to anoint the Buffalo Bills the greatest thing since sliced bread. All right, I get it. They're good. I think they're probably the team to beat in the AFC. But Josh Allen hasn't been to a Super Bowl yet. Uh, Before we put the crown on Buffalo, let's see how they respond on the road, opening night, where the Rams are going to hang up a banner And by the way, Matthew Stafford's not bad either. Cooper Cup is not bad either. Aaron Donald's going to get after the quarterback a little bit. That Rams defense can play a little bit here. So before we just say, hey, MVP, Super Bowl, why even play the season? Let's just give it to Buffalo. I've got a home underdog that's hanging up a championship banner. I think it's 14-2. and That's the record of Super Bowl champions opening up at home since they've been doing this Uh, Thursday night kickoff thing. I like the Rams getting the points here. And if you think about it, coach, the last couple of weeks, I'm sorry, the last couple of years, week one in the NFL, underdogs were rolling. Underdogs covered a lot. So I'm getting points here for a team at home that's pretty good and hanging up a banner. Sign me up. I'm in.
I, I, you know, you're talking and I'm nodding because I agree with you, man. I look, I, I, I took them. I, I, I have a prop bet. You have a prop bet. My prop bet was Cam Akers, the running back, over 12 and a half carries. Now he may split a little time with Henderson, but I do believe they're going to throw the football. Uh, or excuse me, they're going to run the football some. You like Josh Allen. Talk about your prop bet here. So, again, I'm in on the Rams tonight, but Josh Allen, over, under, one and a half touchdown passes. I'm going to go over because I think Josh Allen now has got the green light to basically do whatever he wants. So when they get down to the goal line, that handoff call ain't happening anymore. Josh Allen's going to try to put up some MVP-type numbers. He feels like this is his time. And whether the Bills are rolling or whether the Bills are behind, Josh Allen's going to be throwing. And uh, one and a half feels like a very doable number for a dude like that. Do you think old Tom and Giselle are, are, are fighting? I mean, if those two kooky kids can't make it work, who can? <laughs> yeah, sure. Like, so go back a couple weeks ago. Tom Brady has that speech where he's up there at the podium. And for just a moment, he actually seemed like an everyday dude, just for a little bit. You know, he's, he's got his wife giving him crap at home. You know, he's got job problems. He's standing up there. Man, I'm 45 years old. I got a lot of stuff going on here. I tried to say that to my wife this past weekend, and she just looked at me and laughed. Uh, but for just a moment, it seemed like there was a little trouble in paradise here. Sure, there may be some drama at home. There's no doubt in my mind Giselle wanted him to be done. She is not down for this. She does not want to have vegetable Tom Brady running around 20 years from now with oatmeal for a brain, not knowing his left from his right, sounding like Joe Biden on a bad day. She wants her husband. She wants somebody to raise the kids a little bit with. And it's not like it's a money issue here because Giselle makes more money than Tom Brady does. So she's probably the one woman in this country that can look at Tom and go, hey, you made a deal with me. Cut the crap or get out because I can find another dude. Yes, you can find other women, but let's not act like Victoria's supermodel smoking hot wife here can't go out and find somebody either. I always said this, you know, guys say, well, you know, for every hot woman you see in a bar, there's a guy tired of her. Hey, I say the same thing about women, man. For every dude that you think you're some stud, there's a woman that's tired of you. And if a woman could get tired of Tom Brady, you and I got no chance, pal. We got to hold on right. tight. You know what I'm saying? Right. And if I'm Giselle, the first phone call I make is to either Edelman or Gronk, just to kind of rub the salt in the wound a little bit. If things get salty, if things go bad, and if this is the, the big breakup of our generation, if this is bigger than the Benefer breakup and Burt Reynolds and Lonnie Anderson and all that kind of stuff, go after Edelman, go after Amendola, go after Gronk, go after somebody that he's played with before. Go big or go home. I tell my, I used to tell my daughter's friends when they were in high school, guy broke up with you, go date his friend. Make yeah. them all crazy. Right. Go, go right. date his buddy. We'll be all right. Yeah, dudes do it too. I was <laughs> dating a girl in college. Things got squirrely. I hooked up with a roommate because I'm a champion and I'm a patriot, and that's the way we get down. <laughs> hey, last thing. Colts number is 10. We taking over, under, or are we pushing the Colts number? I'm pushing it. There are places where you can bet the exact number of wins that the Colts are going to get. I think the Colts are right at 10. 
And I do think that 10 is enough to win the AFC South. Because when you look at the AFC South, there are two decent teams that we think, the Colts and the Titans. And then you've got the Jags, and then you've got the Texans. The AFC South also plays the AFC West this year. So the worst division in football is playing the best division. So you're probably not getting a lot of wins outside of the division. You're going to have to really pick and choose where those W's come from, and you're going to have to take care of business against the Jags and the Texans, who I think both will be better than last year. Um, I think 10 is the number, and I think 10 wins the division. It might be a tiebreaker. It's going to be how these Colts and Titans games play out, uh, but 10's the number. I'm right there. That's a push, or if you can bet the exact number, do it. I'm with you on that. Appreciate it, my friend. Thanks for coming on. You got it. Thank you. You can hear Jason Hammer, Hammer and Nigel at 93.1WIBC.com. Go to it. It's number one show in the entire state of Indiana. He's also on All Indiana Bets on Saturday afternoons. You can look that up. And tonight on 107.5, the fan, All Indiana Bets radio show. Hammer Time has it all covered. He is multimedia. He is fantastic. Look, I'm going to give you everything I got today. I got some damn awards. Uh, I've had enough of certain people. I'm wondering why one superstar, why can't he just be happy? Dude is never, ever happy. I want a group to just shut up and play. And I'll tell you what that group is. All right? Here's the deal. DraftKings. Put your phone right now. Oh, that's from a friend of mine. They want to play golf, Jerry Seasting. They've been ducking me all summer. Take your phone. Go to the DraftKings app. Download the DraftKings app. Put some money in the account. Bet $5. And you know what you can do? You can win, or not can win, you will get $200 in free bets. That's exactly what I'm saying. $5 in an account at DraftKings, make a bet, and you can get, you will get, it's automatic, $200 in free bets. NFL starts tonight. Don't lose your mind. If you have a gambling problem, you'll see the number coming up here. But do yourself a favor. Have a little fun. You work hard. I hear a lot of guys, I'm not betting my hard-earned money. Good. You know what I am? I'm betting my hard-earned money. I'm going to double my hard-earned money, and I ain't even mad about it. DraftKings.com, you can set it up there, or you can go to the app. Go to the app, App Store, download it, bet $5, you get 200 free. Don't at me awards. I got a lot to talk to you people in this hour. We'll be right back, and you know the big announcement. The big announcement is our show is now on Fridays. We'll be right back. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. Had a little power surge at the crib. That's right. We're so strong, the lights go out. They do. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. All right. This is blasphemy. I understand this is blasphemy. I'm not trying to do anything. I'm not trying to hide from my blasphemous behavior. I'm not. Uh... I'm tired of Peyton and Eli Manning. I know they're funny. I know we love them. I've had enough. The first damn award, don't at me award, Peyton and Eli Manning. I got to tell you, I've just had enough. It's D-A-M, by the way, Meg Turner. I did not swear. It's don't at me. D period, A period, me period. 
No swearing on this show. Anyway, I've had enough. Like, look, I know the Manning cast is all the rage, and I know that, I suppose I know that real football guys like it. I frankly find it dull. I, I find it very dull. I find it very, very unappealing. I find it very uninspiring. I, I, I find it, um, I don't know. I, I just don't find it interesting. You know, you have Barkley on, then I, I got a little interest in it. Uh, you know, but I mean, some football guy, I don't know. And by the way, Joe Thomas, the soon-to-be Hall of Fame lineman, just uh, direct messaged me. He's going to join the show hopefully at some point next week. Uh, but I've had enough. Like, I never have enough of Charles Barkley. I've had enough of a lot of different people. I've had enough Stephen A. Smith. I've certainly had enough Mark Jones. I've certainly had enough of all the guys on get up and I'll kick and blah. Dan Orvlosky, I've had enough. But I never wanted to say I had enough of Peyton Manning. Have you had enough of Peyton Manning? I need to retweet. I don't know. I, I know I'm wrong. I, I know I could not be more wrong. Peyton Manning is an American icon. Peyton Manning is the funniest, most sincere man. And everybody around here that I know that knows Peyton Manning absolutely loves Peyton Manning. I get it. I swear to you, I get it. But I've had enough. Eli, you know, if you just did the Peyton cast, nobody would miss Eli. If you did the Cooper cast, I don't know. But I know I'm wrong. I know I am. I 100% know that I'm not to be trusted in this conversation. Uh, can you guys, right now I'm having a little trouble getting to the YouTube chat. So I know the YouTube chat is bumping. I know it's popping. Can you tell me that I'm wrong? And I would love to hear it. I want to be wrong about this. I want you all to love Peyton Manning. I want to love Peyton Manning. And I do. He's an icon. I get it. But enough already. Every commercial, Barkley... Kevin Hart, Peyton Manning, do we have uh, uh, enough? Internet stress says yes, enough. No swearing on this show? Come on, man. No, no swearing. I, I, you know, Max Kellerman, I don't even pay attention, so I don't even know what a Max Kellerman is. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't know what a Max Kellerman, I, I, I don't know. You know, you guys can say enough, but I got to watch. Like, I tried to watch that Keyshawn and Jay Will's a friend of mine. It's unwatchable. No, it's, it's a thousand percent unwatchable. You cannot watch that show. It is literally impossible to watch that show. You, it, it, you can't. And I want to, but that show, no. Mm, no. You can't do it. And I appreciate everybody. Uh, Spice Rack says McAfee is getting that way. Eh, I don't know about that. Dan, Peyton with McAfee will be better than Peyton with Eli. All right. I can get down with that. Somebody who does a daily show says he's had too much Peyton and the season hasn't started. Don't watch. No, I get that, Denroy3. I, I won't. I mean, I, I, yeah, I get it. But it's not only that. It's all of it. Um, great stuff with the children's hospital, great stuff when he's being funny. I I get it, but I, yeah, I don't know. I disagree. I don't think Pat McAfee's going woke. I think Pat McAfee's just doing his job. In fact, he and I laughed the other day about indie star Greg Doyle's article on me. He goes, that was all political. Hell, everybody knows that. And he was right. Yeah, I, I, um, 
Peyton has great personality. Eli's a perfect straight man, but there's too much. I, I, look, I get it. There's too much of me. No question. I mean, I, it's too much. But I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Uh, Titans for Life, Spice Rack, Sean Black, Ryan Mueller, uh, Osmandias, Marby Dog, uh, King Cuts, Jacob Everson, Internet Stresses, D Norwood, BS. Hey, look, I know you agree with me. It's too much. Uh, by the way, speaking of Pat McAfee, he is in our next award. It feels like I do this every week. That's what I text him. I said, yo, Pat Mac, it feels like every week I'm texting him congratulations on something great occurring in his life. People are disagreeing with too much DD. Ryan Mueller, I want to go to the track with you. I do. Uh, Marby Dog, never enough DD. I get it. I get it. Titans for life. Doc had said, Doyle, drink. Do it. Drink. There you go. Drink again. Whatever you want to do. But congratulations to Pat Mac. I love the fact that Pat Mac is joining Game Day. I think Game Day needs spiced up. I think Game Day is the show, right? The morning show. But I will tell you this. I will tell you, Fox Big Noon Kickoff is really good. Really good. And with Urban Meyer back, it is really, really good. Make no mistake about it. I don't care what McAfee or Herb Street or any of them do. Urban is good. Really good. And again, I don't care what Urban does. I don't think they can touch what's going on at game day. It's iconic. And I congratulate Pat for joining that show and keeping his ties with the WWE. Pat lives down the street. Pat and I have pretty good, actually a very good relationship. He's busy as heck. He's, he's redoing a church down the way. He's going to make it into his studio. He is right now the king of all media, not named Manning Barkley. Who else? Manning or Barkley? That might be it. Only Manning and Barkley are beyond what Pat Mack is, and Pat Mack has deserved it. He's positive. He's informative. He's funny. He's hip. He's not afraid to get after it. He's relatable. He's terrific. Absolutely terrific. And I congratulate Pat Mack on that. There you go. Can't you just be happy one time? I mean, that's my next award. Can't, like, if you were making $42 million to put a basketball, a round basketball through a hoop, wouldn't you be happy one time? Can you show, did I, did I send you Durant's tweet, Dylan? Can we show Durant's tweet? I'm going to need an explanation on why I'm not a 99. This has become laughable. Why do you need an explanation? Who the hell are you? You're a dude that puts a ball through a basket. I'm going to need an explanation. The dude is always upset. I know he's the nice kid that's trying to be down with the, with the tough crowd. I mean, I've seen him my whole life. White dudes do it. Black dudes do it. Everybody does it. When you're a nice dude and you're in an environment, you think you got to be something you're not. I get it. But damn, Durant is always always, always whining. The dude has a really good life. Like I'm talking about private planes. I'm talking about stock. The stories of what 
think this is bad all you want, but the hottest women in the world do to get after professional athletes like Durant, even guys that I knew that played in the bigs years ago, tipping off Bellman to enter hotel rooms and being there in the bed when a guy gets back from a game. I mean, the crazy stuff that this guy deals with. Private planes. It's always sad. And I think it's an act. You know, well, you know, uh, we played well today. Shut up. I like Kevin Durant. I do. I, I think he's a great basketball player, but God dang, man. Uh, Cashman says, look, I'm definitely, I'm definitely tired of Durant. Definitely. Uh, competitive people will use anything as motivation. Yeah, okay. Um, as fuel for the fire, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, right. Okay. Okay. Dan, try too hard to be hard like the rappers. That's exact part of it. I see it all the time. I've been seeing it since I was, I don't know, sixth grade. Like, that's not how that guy really is. Millionaire problems, baby. Millionaire problems. Man, I got to tell you, I make one, one million, not even that. I don't even know what I make, but I, a great time. People write articles, the world is crazy. Ah, who cares? It's unbelievable. It is truly, truly, inc- well, you know, he's going to use fuel for the fire. Shut up. There are a few things I will never say and mean. That is one of them. QB1. My QB1, shut up. Wide receiver two. Don't say that. Don't. Let little weenie media guys say that. Let little guy writing for the indie star say that. My QB2. I think Michael Pittman's going to be a great QB1. WR1. Let those clowns say it. Don't you do that. Don't do that. And don't say, well, I'm going to use it as fuel. He uses it as fuel. That's crap. It's complete crap. He not using this campaign, just whining like every other dude whines when their rating comes out. But this dude just whines way too much. I've had enough of him. He gets me. He gives me G-A-S-S. I'm getting to the NFL here. You just hold your horses there, Brett. I love how the NFL's back. We made it. What do you mean we made it? We haven't made nothing. Gas prices are through the roof. Inflation is insane. We got an idiot that's a president. We're two seconds. We got, we got other people on the Democratic side saying, if you don't vote for us, there's going to be civil war. We mean we made it. What did we make? So we can sit down and watch a bunch of big fat guys push a ball past the line? Stop with the we made it. I remember the first time Chip Kelly played. Every female reporter went, oh, my God, yes, please. I got all the receipts here. Chip Kelly was out of league. and t- Just stop with stupid. All right, the NFL's back. You get to watch it. You get to bet on it. We made it. Oh, we made it. What are you, Joe Biden talking about the cold, dark, murderous winner? Stop it. Right, John Datsman? QB1. That's, that's Zach Kiefer. Nate Adkins, my QB1, it's going to be really good. Shut up. You know what? I need to go around this world slapping people. 
Speaking of shut up and play, are you like me? Let's talk about being tired of something. I'm so tired of listening to PGA players and live players going back and forth. Can you just shut up and play? Like the most entitled dudes in the world. Like if I got to hear Justin Thomas one more time talk about anything but golf, I'm going to play the clip of him using a gay homophobic slur a hundred times on my show because I'm tired of it. Man, oh man, just shut up and play. You're all making millions to hit a ball in a hole. I want you to think about this. That's what they're doing. They're hitting a little round ball into a little round hole and making millions doing it. I understand golf. I play it almost every day. I love to bet on it. It's fun. There is a mental challenge to it that is unlike any other sport. It's not a sport. It's an activity. If you can smoke and drink literally while you're doing it, it's not a sport. It's an activity. But the fact of the matter is, will these two groups just shut up? Hey, can you believe Cam Smith? He lost his parking privileges at Sawgrass. Huh? Yeah, I don't care. Phil Mickelson actually had it right. All the clowns on the PGA Tour, you know what they should be? They should be kissing the feet of the people running the Live Tour because I don't know if you saw this, but my goodness, the purses went up, up, Tiger-esque up. It is unbelievable. But man, oh man, will you just shut up and play? Oh, you can't. You, 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 you can't play on this tour. You're a traitor. Shut up. Man, hey, I don't care. Last thing we need is a bunch of rich dudes whining about who's going to get richer and why you shouldn't go over and get richer. Just stop it. Well, you know, and then all you got to do is look at who the president of the PGA Tour is, and you're like, well, all right, this is what you get. Cam Smith. Cam Smith lost his parking privileges. Yeah, I don't know. I got to tell you, I mean, I, I know I'm nuts with this, but I don't know why Phil Mickelson went away after what he said. I mean, he he happened to be the first, and everybody lost their mind on him. Now everybody's going to lift her like it's their job. And, oh, by the way, it is. Aren't you tired of it? I got to go back to the YouTube chat. The YouTube chat's got it going today. Aren't you tired of it? Man. Phil Mickelson, Cam Smith, Dustin Johnson. Yeah, John Daly said he'd, he'd win more if he was drunk. Yeah, I don't know if i buy that, but hey. Dan, we need just shut up awards. PGA, greater than live. Great. Of course it is. Live tour's 10 minutes old, you moron. It's 10 minutes old, Titans for life. That's all it is. They've had like four tournaments. You think the PGA tour is better? Really? That's some insight there, slick. But damn. I'm just tired of all of them. Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas cried, whined. Now he's a big tough guy. Hey, look, go back and play the homophobic slur. Justin Thomas will be, oh, my God, I ask for your forgiveness. Now he's got a mouth. Yeah, okay. 
All right, I don't believe you even a little bit, Baker Mayfield. I don't believe you. Baker Mayfield, you know I don't like you. I don't love you. I'm one of the few people that doesn't care about you. Everybody seems to care about Baker Mayfield. But Baker Mayfield said, this is not a grudge game opener, Carolina going into the Browns. Of course it's a grudge game. Baker Mayfield has made his bones by having that big fat chip on his shoulder, and I like it. I do. I like it. Baker Mayfield's big fat chip on his shoulder made him the Heisman Trophy winner. Big, Baker Mayfield's big fat chip on his shoulder made Baker Mayfield the best quarterback that the Browns have had since they came back into the league after Baltimore stole their team the second time. Don't even try it with me. He is the best quarterback that they had. They treated him bad. He acted like an idiot. He got out of there. They got him out of there. He found a starting job, and oops, first game back in him. Of course it's a revenge game. He said some nonsense about, well, you know, you can trash talk each other. It's fun. That's great. It might be. It could be. It is, as Harry Carey said. But the fact of the matter is, Baker Mayfield has been smart enough to understand when he is big-time challenged. And he has been tough enough over the course of his college and mostly in his NFL career to respond to that challenge. This is a massive challenge. He is right in this regard. There are other games of note like this. Most obvious, (coughs) excuse me, Russell Wilson going back to Seattle. In our little world here, Carson Wentz of the Commanders going back to Jacksonville, where it, where it all fell apart. Not because of Carson Wentz, but because of a locker room with the Colts that was complete garbage. You're not going to hear that anywhere else. You will hear it here. So, having said that, Baker Mayfield, I just don't believe you when you tell me this isn't a grudge match. It is a grudge match. It should be a grudge match. If it's not a grudge match, you better sit in a room and figure out how to make it a grudge match. You left and they kicked you out. It was not peaceful. It was not easy. And you had a nice thing going in Cleveland. You had a bunch of commercials. You were well-liked in those commercials. The people that worked with you in those commercials said you were a natural actor That was very easy to work with. Fantastic. But the fact of the matter is, this is absolutely 1,000% a grudge match, period. Don't even try it any other way. Of course it is. So I don't believe you. I'd give you one more, but it's not really, it's not really a award. Tyler Lockett, the wide receiver for Seattle, said that Seattle Seahawks fans, he hoped, give a warm welcome to Russell Wilson. And I agree. Look, the opposite of that, I don't think in Cleveland they should give a warm welcome to Baker Mayfield. One guy, Russell Wilson, won a Super Bowl. One guy over a 10-year period put the franchise on his back. Baker Mayfield did a great job there. Baker Mayfield was fine, but I'm not giving. I wouldn't be mad if people booed Baker Mayfield. They should. Cleveland fans care. I'm a big fan of Cleveland. I am, always have been, always will be. I think Cleveland's a great spot, a great sports city, particularly baseball, obviously football. Basketball, when LeBron was there, you couldn't beat it. 
But the deal is this. Baker Mayfield left under bad terms. He did not leave uh, under great terms. And he shouldn't have left under great terms. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't a love affair. It was always weird. So I'm with Tyler Lockett when he says, yes, Russell Wilson in Seattle should be given a moment. There should be a video playing of Russell Wilson, and Russell Wilson should get a great ovation. I don't think the same of Baker Mayfield. This came across a few minutes ago. Listen to this. While all the media is whining about Dabo Sweeney because he will not give in to their wishes that every kid uh, playing college football make a zillion dollars, Dabo Sweeney is loved in Clemson. They have approved Clemson as a new contract for Dabo Sweeney. Ten years, $115 million, obviously an $11.5 million average. It now puts Dabo Sweeney second to guess who? And he should be second to Nick Saban. The latest in this wave of coaching contract enhancements that started last fall when Michigan State, it, now I'm, I'm adding this here, incredibly foolishly overpaid for Mel Tucker, who was good for a minute or two, and then a minute or two later, Mel Tucker's team did what Mel Tucker's teams are always going to do, and that's crap the bet. See what I said there, Meg? Yeah. So good for Dabo Sweeney. Good for Clemson. Yeah, really good for both. Yeah, I like it. Speaking of really good, last week did not go great. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, first week, I'm not even making excuses. One thing that I don't do is make excuses when we lose gambling. And I don't want to hear from you. Some guy a while back, I think he tried to sue our station uh, because I gave a gambling pick that didn't win, and somehow, some way, his kid found money and went and bet it and lost, and the guy was all mad because I gave a gambling pick. I'm hardened when it comes to gambling. I'm not just a guy that sits around. I know you win and I know you lose, and right now I am two and three. But when we come back, ladies and gentlemen, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven picks that all are going to win. I will be 7-0 and oh this week. I will. I promise you. Get your pen and paper, get loose, and get ready for the absolute best, the best, uh, well, let's put it this way, America's best gambling picks next. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. You know the breaking news of the day is not Dabo Sweeney. The breaking news of the day is I am on tomorrow, baby. That means Ryan and Dylan have got to come up with a Friday template. Yeah. You got to bring it strong, fellas. You got to bring it strong. First Friday show tomorrow. I got to go from there to an uh, Indiana Hardwood Association. It's awesome, actually. It's kind of fun. And they give me a great T-shirt. They do. And <laughs> anyway, I'm not happy with myself last week. And I know a lot of you aren't happy with me either. But this week is when we make a monster, monster comeback. And ladies and gentlemen, it starts tonight. Now, look, I understand there's a lot of places you can go to get your gambling fix. And I'll give you a bunch tomorrow. I mean, I'll bring, I'll bring folks on if you'd like. I don't care. 
You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I don't care. I, it don't matter to me. I'll bring everybody and their mother on. I'll bring it on, uh, and everything will go the way you want it to go. But I got to tell you, I, I, I simply have got to tell you that we're going to win a lot of money this week. And um, if, if you don't, then um, I, 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 I got to tell you, I'll be very sad, and I'll be shocked. First thing we're going to do is we are going to take tonight Cam Akers. Yes, I said Cam Akers. Over 11. Over 11. I lied. The number is 12 and a half. I got distracted. Over 12 and a half carries is what I'm going with Cam Akers. Now, here's the deal. Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson, as I said earlier, are going to share the load. But I don't care. I think this particular bet is going to cash, and it's going to cash fairly early. Cam Akers, all he needs is, you know, a couple here, a couple there, a couple here, a couple there. Next thing you know, you're at eight. He's going to get the 13, and he's going to do it fairly easily. If you want to at me or if you want to go the other way, please do. But unless he gets hurt, and I can't do anything about that, like all I can do is give you a bet. Hell, he may do it in the first half. That's why I kind of like those bets. You know, he could do this really quickly. I think they're going to run the ball. Now, Stafford, Matt Stafford said today that he is without limitations on his elbow. It's what we told you earlier. We did. We told you earlier today in the show that that is not going to factor in even sort of. It just won't. It's not. But when you look at Cam Akers, you're looking at a guy who is playing on a team that is going to get a lot of possessions. He's playing on a team that is going to get the football a lot in this game. This will be a high-scoring game. Now, Cam Akers, he didn't really play all that much last year. This we know, all right? But, but against the Cincinnati Bengals in the Super Bowl, he had 13 carries, 13 carries in the NFC Championship game, 24 carries and 17 carries in the playoffs. They're going to get the ball to Cam Akers. Take the bet. Next one, Rams plus two. I actually got it at three, and I actually got it at two and a half. If you get it at two, I don't care. Hell, you might as well take it on the money line. But we're taking it simply because I don't buy. I just don't. I don't buy that the NFL is like the NBA. In banner day in the NBA, you know what happens. Guys are clowns. NBA guys, children. Like the average age of the NBA is diaper, NBA player. So what we're going to do is we're going to lift a banner tonight, all right? And then we're going to go out and win, and we're going to do it. Uh, the money line will give you plus money, plus 120, according to DraftKings, plus two and a half will give you, you got to pay 110 to win 100. That ain't bad either. And the over at 52 isn't out of the question either. But I'm going to take the Rams plus two. Uh, look, I understand Josh Allen is great. I understand Stephon Diggs is great. I do. I get it. There's no running game there, although Singletary, maybe, maybe not. There's not a running game there for the Bills. I do think the pass rush of the Rams isn't going to be as great as it was last year, but it's still formidable. And don't forget, Cooper Cup is still on the Rams. Now, Allen Robinson, pretty good player. They brought him over there. Not fast. Not fast at all. That's why a lot of teams shied away from him. He's more of a possession guy. But he's a solid guy. 
The running game is going to be the difference, and I do believe the Rams will win the game outright. I will take the money line. I will live bet it, uh, and I will post it on Twitter, my live bets. I will. And if I can ever figure out the password to don't at me, Twitter, I would post it there too. But it will be on my Twitter, at Dan Dockage. Take it. Your toes will be tapping. All right, next. This is a tough one. I, 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 I like it, though. I, I'm sorry, but I do. I like it. I like it a lot, and I am going to give the Texans seven points against my Colts. 61-3 to is what the difference was last year in the two games. 61-3. to 31 zip, and I think it was 30-3. to Wow. But I'm going to tell you something. I got this game at eight. If you can move that to eight or to seven and a half, you'll feel a lot better. But I'll still take it at seven. Colts are always the favorite. Every single guy. I saw Fox's Nick Wright. Teams that didn't make the playoffs last year but will this year, one of them was the Colts. Everybody loves the Colts every stinking year. Why? Because Frank Reich and Chris Ballard are survivors. In the NFL, there are winners, losers, survivors. Nice to the media. I remember uh, sitting there with Stacey Dales, who's awesome, by the way. I got to get her on the show. But anyway, Stacey Dales and I are at Colts camp. She comes on my show, and she's telling me I absolutely love the Colts. I go, you like the team? No, the team's fine, but I love the organization. Chris Ballard makes this so easy. Frank Reich so amenable. And I'm like, yeah, winners. Losers, survivors. We got us a survivor. So don't believe the hype until you see it. Last year, I didn't believe the hype. And then I saw the Colts go into, into Buffalo and beat the crap out of Buffalo. I saw them go into San Francisco and beat the crap out of San Francisco. I saw it. I bought into it. Post Peyton Manning, you know what happened. They let you down. In this is the sixth year. Uh, of the regime of Frank, or, excuse me, of Chris Ballard, fifth year of Frank Wright. They've won one playoff game, playing in the easiest division in the history of the NFL. They've won zero division titles. They're on their sixth quarterback because the general manager at all won't take a big swing, move up and get a quarterback. So now you got a guy that maybe he's washed up, maybe he's not. I went to camp. I thought Matt Ryan was pretty good. I got the Colts winning 11-12 games. But I'll take that seven, and I'll take the Texans. Hell, seven and a half or eight, that's good too. I ain't mad at it. That's three winners. I just gave you three winners. Florida, minus five and a half over Kentucky. First time in my life this happened. First time. I told this story on the air. I'm at a golf course, Medina Country Club. Rich place. I'm not used to being there. I never know how to act. My buddy Billy Park's a member. My brother and I go up there. We're playing. We're at the practice range, which I don't like to do, but hey, you're at Medina. You might as well. We go to the practice range. Two kids come up, college kids. Hey, Dan, how you doing? I'm like, oh, okay. I'm doing great. Hey, man, what do you think about Kentucky this year? I'm like, uh, well, I don't know. I think Cal, you know, I don't know their team real well yet. I haven't really studied. No, 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 no. Football. I go, what? Yeah, football. You're asking me about football at Kentucky? Yeah. We're going to win the SEC this year. I go, whoa, 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 whoa. 
This is the first time ever anybody has ever walked up to me and wanted to talk Kentucky football. I, I fist bumped them. I gave them a tip. Like, are you crazy? But Kentucky's not great. Kentucky's all right. Florida's pretty good. In the swamp? I'll take Florida. I'll give you five and a half. I won't give much more. Certainly won't give seven. But I'll give you five and a half. Now, here's the deal with Florida. And this is the real test on Billy Napier. In fact, I am circling this as one bet I may not make. Now, I may not make it. Because one of the things that you have to do at a Florida or an Indiana basketball or a Kentucky basketball or an Alabama football, actually, I don't even think you have to do an Alabama football. I think their program is beyond it. But one of the things that you have to do at big-time specific sport places is temper the players after a win. I've said this forever. Best thing Bob Knight ever did as a coach, certainly preparation. You know, at one point, he's the all-time winningest coach in NCAA history. A lot of people consider him the greatest coach in the history of NCAA basketball. You can debate that all you want. But he was unbelievable at preparation. And the second thing he was unbelievable at was making you understand that winning was expected. Hey, man, we just beat Purdue. Great. We got Iowa next. Literally. Didn't mean you didn't enjoy it. Didn't mean you didn't have a great time on campus, but you always knew everybody on campus was going to pat you on the back. I'll never forget my freshman year. We beat Purdue. I started, filed out, standing ovation. I don't know who all these girls were on the dorm floor that night, but I had never seen them before that, and my door was wide open. Here's what it is. Tempering expectations is a huge challenge right now. For Billy Napier, if you're not going to bet a game that I'm giving you, this would be the one because I don't know that Florida has enough leadership to come back from that hell heck of a win against Utah, bounce back and have to do it again. Not sure they can. Not sure they can't. Just not 100 percent positive. If you wanted to bet Florida, maybe the money line would be a better bet for you. This next bet. Me, likey, and I'm going to bet a lot on it. Justin Fields, over 198 and a half yards passing. Oh, man, the Bears stink. Oh, man, Bears got no wide receivers. Oh, man, Justin Fields hasn't proven anything. You done? Let me tell you what's going to happen here against a very good 49er defense. You know, you got a Bosa in there. You got all these guys. He is going to have to throw the football. They will probably lose. They will probably get down. Eberflus is the coach. He's probably going to be a conservative guy. 200 yards is not a lot in the modern NFL, and I think this kid has real talent. When I saw it was under 200 yards, I said, you know what? This is going to be a mortgage bet. You know the difference. A bet that I'm going to lose is a DoorDash bet where it's too much money. A bet that I'm going to win betting too much money is called a mortgage bet. I'm betting the mortgage on this one right here. Look, if he gets hurt, I got nothing for you. But it does make me and give me a reason to watch my, my, my youth favorite team, the Chicago Bears. I'm not the biggest fan of Justin Fields, and when I hear him interviewed, he's fine. But he is a talent, and even though he doesn't have greatness around him, he is going to throw the football, and he is going to pass for 200 yards. So do yourself a favor. If you're going to bet a big one, bet that one. 
North Carolina, minus seven against Georgia State. Now, let me, let me just tell you a little bit about this bet. North Carolina can't guard me. North Carolina, I don't know, um, has a real problem defensively, at least they did last week, against Appalachian State. They don't have a problem offensively. No, ladies and gentlemen, they'll put a hurting on you offensively. They'll score 63, which they did. But now, ladies and gentlemen, they're going to play a Georgia State team. Georgia State got beat by our favorite SEC coach by 21 points, that being South Carolina. South Carolina and Shane Beamer opened this. It was a struggle for a while, but they pulled away, and it's going to be the same here. Seven is not enough. I'm giving seven. I'll give Georgia State seven today, tomorrow, the next day. Again, this is a mortgage bet. It is. Don't at me. Don't look at me crazy. Stop. Don't do it. Tomorrow, we're going to celebrate two wins on our Friday show. Did I tell you we're on on Fridays now? We are. All right, last but not least, I don't know. The only reason I'm betting on this game like this is because there is literally nobody else in the world betting the over in the Iowa-Iowa State football game. I don't know, did you happen to watch Iowa? Did you happen to see how inept Petrus is as a quarterback? Did you? Well, if you did, you know what I'm talking about. There's no reason to bet on a team that scored seven points against South Dakota State without, ladies and gentlemen, scoring a touchdown. Field goal, not one, but two safeties. That's what Iowa did. Semo came into Ames, Iowa, and, you know, you're supposed to win big, right? Matt Campbell's the new hot coach. He's been for a few years. Everybody's jumping up and down, standing on their head, pooping snowballs. They scored 42. All right. I mean, it was 21 to 10 at half. Okay. Ended up 42 to 10, so they got it going a little bit in the second half. I just believe that 40 in college football is too low, and I'm willing to die, as the kids say, on this hill. I am. I'm willing to die on this hill. I'm willing to say, look, uh, you were right. I was wrong. 40, too much. You know, 15 to 10 could end up being the final, but I don't care. I'm willing to die on the hill that Kirk Ferentz and the fellas in Iowa are so embarrassed that all they can do and all by all they've heard this week, that there is going to be offense, 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 and more offense in this game. There is going to be a lot of Kirk Ferentz offense. Now, does that mean, does that mean that their defense is going to go away? I hope so. I hope both teams score. Does that mean that offense, offense, offense means they can get to 21? I don't know. Their quarterback, in a word, stinks so bad that his two best wide receivers, one of them named Charlie Jones, decided to transfer to Purdue. Now, if you watch the Purdue game, Charlie Jones is pretty good. That's how bad the quarterback at Iowa is. Hey, look, we love you. You're great. 
but we got to go somewhere and play for a quarterback that one can throw the ball and a coach that'll actually let it guy throw the ball. And they lost their two best wide receivers. I, I, I'm taking this out of spite. Sometimes you got to make a spite bet. Sometimes you got to say, you know what? I've had enough. You guys were so bad last week that, frankly, you can't be any worse. You can get to 22. You can get to 30. But I'm taking it, and I got them all written down right here, people. And I'm keeping track every year. Today it started. I'm keeping every bet. I'm keeping track of all of them. And I'm not drinking beer, and I'm not having a carb for a month. That's right. Don't at me. It's diet number 7,625. But that's what I'm doing. We're going to win money. So far in this month, I am down $308. Last month, I was up $228. How do I know? Because DraftKings will tell you. Tell you right there. They keep track for you. It's glorious what DraftKings does. But today, with these seven bets, six if you don't want to touch the Florida one, I understand. Florida actually, here's my theory on college football, and it's 100%. But you can't do it until about week five. You bet against a team coming off a massive win that isn't used to having a big win. Now, why do you not do that till week five? Well, because the team that had the massive win like Florida did against Utah might actually be a real team. So you wait, not week five, maybe week three. You wait and see. Like if Florida was the same old Florida and they beat Utah in week four, I'd be laying everything and my dog again on Kentucky in this game. Everything and Lula sitting over here. I would. But we're only in week two, and we don't know. Maybe Florida's a real team. Maybe Anthony Richardson's a real guy. Real guy plays game after game after game after game. Hell, I scored 23 in a college game, but you can have a good game. I wasn't a real guy. So there you have it. Let's review. Cam Akers tonight, over 12 and a half carries. Rams, plus two. Texans, plus seven Sunday against the Colts. Florida, minus five and a half versus Kentucky. I'm putting it on there. I'm taking it, but with a caveat of be careful. Justin Fields, over 198 and a half passing yards. North Carolina, minus seven. That's my big bet. I'm writing next to it. Big bet. And then Iowa, Iowa State over 40. Uh, I'm writing next to it. Spite bet. We got big bet, we got don't bet, and we got spite bet. That's it. I assume spite is S-P-I-T-E, but it just doesn't look right. All right. Did we tell you the news we're on on tomorrow? Can't wait. 9 a.m. Love doing this show. All right, big doggy. Who is our woke adult? Who we got today? Dylan, Ryan, who we got? What we got here? Oh, man. I got to tell you, I'm so glad to see that happen. I'm so happy to see uh, the little general, Don Staley, questioned. Serious business. I, I am so happy. 
So, so happy. Max Myers says, well, I'm going to hammer Georgia State because he doesn't like me. Well, Max, you're going to lose. You're going to lose, and you're going to lose big. Anyway, let's go over that. So, the state legislature says, wait a second here, little general, Don Staley. Whoa, 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 whoa. We want to know what is this all about. As our fearless leader, Clay Travis, has pointed out time and time and time and time again, there is not one shred of collaboration for the, the Duke volleyball players' assertion that, well, frankly, there were racial slurs hurled at her. There was none, zero. Now, because he, Clay Travis, doesn't fit the narrative, USA Today's always, always racist Mike Freeman called him a right-wing extremist. Okay. I mean, the name-calling we know is coming. Hell, I got called a right-wing extremist, or at least I worked for a right-wing extremist. Uh, We know this, all right? That's fine. We know it's coming. When you don't go along, we know it's coming. But lawmakers in South Carolina and Ian Miller on our our OutKick website said this. Uh, Several lawmakers in South Carolina are speaking against Staley and the university's decision to withdraw. The South Carolina Freedom Caucus sent a letter to the athletic director and Staley describing what they believe the team made an ill-advised overcorrection of an apparent erroneous claim. It's interesting. We are writing today because the re- a recent incident challenged that principle. What's that principle? A common belief in fairness, which is the fundamental basis for athletic competition. An equally important belief that I hope we share is the cherished principle of presumption of innocence. According to Duke's Rachel Robinson, the fans subjected her and her black teammates to racial slurs throughout the entirety of the match, with the racial slurs and heckling growing and growing more intense, to the point that the atmosphere of the student section had changed by the fourth. BYU took decisive action. However, however, after looking at it all, Police were unable to locate or hear anyone making derogatory marks. An officer indicated in his report that he never heard one racial slur. Now, you got to understand her godmother, Richardson's godmother, uh, Lisa Pamplin, has a history of racist remarks, horribly racist remarks. So this letter goes on. What are we going to do? It seems that the University of South Carolina rushed to appease the loudest voices of the far left by canceling BYU, both literally and figuratively, without respect for the truth. If our citizens are to have faith in our public institutions, then they must not kowtow to counterfeit outrage. Doing so only hurts and weakens those who have been truly harmed by bigotry and discrimination. Interesting. Very, very interesting. All right. Despite the substantial body of evidence, the University of South Carolina announced it was canceling at the time of this writing. There has existed 
no collaborating evidence, either on audio and video, or by any eyewitnesses to support Ms. Richardson's claim. Now, uh, the matter came to light after Richardson's godmother posted an account on Twitter, Ms. Pamplin herself, uh, a candidate for partisan political office in Texas with a history of racial-focused tweets and racial slurs. Well, I get the USA Today asked, asked, you know, or why would somebody like Ms. Richardson do this? I don't have the answer to that. I also don't have the answer to Juicy Smollett. I also don't have the answer to any of these other people <coughs> that claim. In addition to answering the questions, we are also demanding through our legislative FOIA authority, all records, regardless of format, medium, or physical characteristics related to the BYU-Duke volleyball game, the alleged incident and subsequent discussion regarding the upcoming BYU-University of South Carolina basketball games. We seek records of any kind, paper records, electronic records, audio tapes, video tapes, photographs, uh, data, and graphical material. Seems reasonable. It does. It seems reasonable. Look, racism is inexcusable. But this is right. If you can just make up, and maybe she did, maybe she didn't. All we can go by is the evidence. I guess we could just go by Ms. Richardson, but man, oh man, have we seen these things fall apart in the past. We shall see what we shall see, but I like it when people stand up and at least ask for the truth. Just get the truth. If the truth is BYU students did this, then good for Dawn Stanley. The little general gets it done. Good for her standing up. If they didn't, then she's doing what victims do. And Jason Whitlock said it best. This is crap, basically, is what he said. She's doing this for her own standing. Let's make no mistake. Being a victim pays, man. It pays literally in every area, unless, of course, you're Juicy Smollett. Juicy Smollett, it probably helped him, too, the way the world works right now. Hey, did we tell you the news? <laughs> I think we did. I think we've done it a numerous number of times. Tomorrow, baby, we are on right here, 9 to 11. It's our first Friday. We will be five days a week. Ryan and Dylan and Danny D will be back at it tomorrow, and I'm very much looking forward to it. I hope everybody enjoys the NFL. We made it. Stop it. Cam Akers, 13 and a half, 12 and a half carries, and the Rams plus two. Have a great afternoon, everybody.